0: Health information from experts, supported by research. From University of Utah Health, this is the scoperadio.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Jennifer Majerzik. I'm a stroke neurologist at the University of Utah Healthcare and the director of the Stroke Center. My guest today is Dr. Alex Terrell. She's a rehabilitation psychologist in the Division of Occupational Therapy at the University of Utah Healthcare. So Alex, I've been very excited about this topic since I take care of stroke patients. And when patients come in, I find we talk all about their high blood pressure and whether they're taking an aspirin. But actually, it's difficult for us to talk about the partnership between the two of them. And I can see, um, although I'm not experienced in this, I can see that there's maybe difficulties between them, but I don't always know how to deal with that with the partners. What have you seen that are some of the problems um, that that happen between couples?
1: They fall under some different broader categories. I'm going to focus more on the psychology or emotion-based uh, problems because that's my area of expertise. But um, one of the big changes for certain are changes in mood. So um, post-stroke depression or apathy is extremely common. It occurs in about one-third of stroke survivors. Um, but it's also extremely common, and some suggest that it's actually more common in caregivers, up to about 50% of caregivers who experience depression after stroke. And so these changes in mood, they not only affect the individual, but it's been shown that um, there's a reciprocal effect. So it's very interconnected. When one person isn't doing well emotionally, the other person isn't doing as well either. And so, for example, if you have a caregiver who is depressed, um, they will have a harder time doing some of the caregiving, having a harder time taking care of themselves and their own needs. And this can actually um, increase the likelihood that the person who had the stroke will be rehospitalized.
0: I've also seen data saying that the caregiver's health themselves is compromised. And I've somewhat assumed that this is because they stop going to appointments for breast cancer screening mm-hmm. or to get their own cholesterol checked, and they're not out socializing as much. And so sometimes yes. I do talk to my patient spouses about that. Are you taking care of yourself? Um, Because I worry and I can tell that they probably aren't.
1: That's great. Yeah, th- we see that all the time. And it's something that a message that we are trying to spread is that, again, the caregiver kind of everything focuses on the patient. And, of course, they are, too, and they want to help. They, you know, sometimes they don't know what to do, but it's exhausting and they often neglect their own needs um, in terms of taking care of their health. Um, Just socializing, getting some social support, and we believe that that also contributes to depression, is that their social circle shrinks because they're
0: not able to get out or will not get out. So if a spouse is looking for more help in trying to understand his or her new role, uh, where should they go? Should they go to the usual caregiving uh, sources of support, um, or is there something else that they should do?
1: That's a good question, and I think it's very individual individually based. I mean, certainly getting resources um, for caregivers in general could help with some of the more general issues that come up. Um, You know, how do you, you know, find time to, you know, do some stress management or take care of yourself? Um, And there are some resources out there. Um, There are caregiver support groups specifically, um, but there's relatively little that's out there for stroke caregivers per se. And um, one of the things that is Unique, or there are actually several things that are very unique to um, caregivers for stroke survivors that might not be the case in other things like Alzheimer's um, or spinal cord injury, for example. Along with maybe some um, physical changes that might happen after stroke, you do have kind of that emotional uh, piece, the emotional component, changes in cognition, so the way that you're thinking, changes in the way that you communicate, and if you think about you know couples talking to each other. And if one of those um, partners in the couple isn't able to communicate effectively, how difficult that is. And that's a fairly unique thing, I would say, to um, uh, partners of stroke survivors. The other thing is is that it does happen very suddenly. And oftentimes, I, I, I would argue that practically no one is prepared for something like that when it does happen. And so you have that sudden transition to where you're taking on that role. And whereas initially you might have people rallying and helping you, you know, social support um, at the hospital. Once you're back out there, there's few and far between, things drop
0: off, and then it's good to know where to go. What are you doing now to try to help the situation? It sounds um, you know, like an area that you're obviously very interested in, and, and I'm hoping we're going to learn more in the next few years about how to help spouses and caregivers.
1: Yeah, so one of the things that I'm working on is actually creating an intervention that is done by both partners in the couple, and um, rather than just focusing on kind of educational pieces for a caregiver, which is something that's more traditionally done, um, we actually have them both participating in activities on their own and activities that they do together. So we like for them to have that shared experience and we have them do positive psychology based activities. So things like expressing gratitude, um, working on relationships, acts of kindness, savoring. I mean, there's all kinds of things that they can work on and um, it really kind of helps to give that structure to ways that they can interact and share some positive moments, you know, make that time. And that's something that, you know, we're we're hearing quite a bit is that after stroke happens, you kind of flail, you just survive and you want to help each other, but you don't know how and you stop interacting altogether. And that's that's really a shame because your partner can be one of your biggest sources of strength and resilience. And that's mutually, you know, for for both the person who had the stroke and the caregiver. Have a question about a medical procedure? Want to learn more about a health condition? With over 2000 interviews with our physicians and specialists, there's a pretty good chance you'll find what you want to know. Check it out at thescoperadio.com.